Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. Kirk, say hi. Hi. James, say what's up. What's up? What's up? I, I know people listening can't see, but your hair is atrocious right now. Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> like, does your, does your wife just, like, rub it at night? And go, this well, is... <laughs> or what's the hair care? No, let's walk, walk us through the hair care. Uh... Before I got in the pot, I was looking in the mirror and I said, damn, this looks pretty good. And then all of a sudden I got on the camera and I'm like, damn, that adds like 10, 10 centimeters to 10 the pounds. sides. And it's, yeah, it's just not looking good. But yes. here in person, look, it in person looks fantastic. I just okay. let you know. You kind of got, you got this like Jake Plummer vibe, you know? Very Jake Plummer vibes. Good Jake yes. Snake. Jake is probably my favorite quarterback, like outside of Elway for the Broncos. Oh, you didn't like Peyton? Do you know how Jake manages well, his pain? Peyton just With never, it doesn't feel Marijuana. like a Bronco, you know? Marijuana is the answer. Peyton Manning doesn't register as a Bronco. Like, I love Peyton, but it just felt like, you know, it's like a used car. That one year Super Bowl. Yeah, and now just kind of runs hey, town. Yeah, I've had I've had some great used cars that you know they did what they needed to do, and that's exactly what Peyton did. <laughs> Got you to your job, the Super Bowl. Dude, <laughs> dude, Peyton was the fifty-year-old coach that couldn't throw anymore, but he was so smart that he could put people in the right position. So like, didn't need to throw; like he could just toss it out there. He also had yeah. the best and defense that, ever. And then that that made LA think, oh, we if we can do it with like a crippled Peyton, we can do it with Trevor Simeon and like all these other, like we just didn't invest in the quarterback position after that point, because we're just like, Oh, Dude. we can just win it without one. You want to talk about best defense ever? Go see Trent Dilfer. Okay. Chill yeah. yeah. Don't, don't talk shit about my boy fucking Peyton Manning. Go see Trent Dilfer. Who's Not talking shit. I was actually paying respects to the different Broncos in that moment. They deserve that Super Bowl. You know who doesn't deserve a Super Bowl? Please tell Trent me. D- Trent Dilfer. <laughs> and he fucking has one. And he will let you know on Sunday in the morning, the pregame. Defense, baby. <laughs> All right, let's get back to baseball. You'll be yep. Go pack Here we are. Um, So today was 40-man roster day. I don't know if you guys followed or not, but the Colorado Rockies had four open positions to be like add people to the 40-man. They added three. Do you know which three they added? Um, Ryan oh, Rawlinson. Good. Not Kilkenny. Nope. Tovar. Tovar, the 19-year-old phenom. Um, it's always Tovar season. Hashtag Tovar season. I don't remember the last one. The other one I don't think you guys would get. Noah Davis, who, who I thought was interesting. He came in a trade in the middle of the season. I don't remember which trade. Um, actually... I think he was part of the um, Gibbons trade, I think. Could be wrong. But that means we have two boys that are eligible to be picked up in the Rule 5 draft in a few weeks, Taylor Snyder and Willie Mack. And when I realized that, I got sad. Yeah, that makes me sad. <laughs> it really hurts. Well, that doesn't Willie mean Mack? Like... Willie Mack had a good year. He, and he didn't – yeah, they didn't sign him to the 40-man. Like, the only thing that makes sense to me, like, they just don't think he's ready, which means they hope that other league clubs don't think he's ready. 
Because the Rule Five, they have yeah. to play. They have to play in the majors all season. Yeah, yeah. So like, just because they're on that list doesn't mean like they're even going to get selected. Like, it's just going to be. I don't they're know. just out I, there too easy. Hey, re- respectfully, though, catcher is a very thin position. Right. I mean, we had we had Tony Walters. Hey, big Tony Walters guy. Big Tony. Tony Walters. Dude. Well, but is yeah. he a game changer? I, I mean, no. But is McIver a game changer either? I mean, like. Yes. Watch he, yourself. He definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's a better <laughs> power. He's a better power hitter than uh, Walters was, right? Hey, right. I'm a major league club. Like, I might give McIver a, a chance, bro. I think that's the biggest dice being rolled with the rest of the list. I'll tell you the rest of the list in a little bit. It's, it's hard to it's hard to do that because, like, by making him be on a major league roster, you're stalling any sort of growth he can have in the minor leagues. So, like, exactly. You know, it's like I don't know. It it'll be interesting, but I I just. It really just depends on what teams are thinking with their catcher spot, but I, I would definitely want to keep MacGyver. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're just rolling the dice and hoping for the best. The big name that really got me was uh, Jameson Hanna because I can see him being productive on a outfield squad and, like, getting playing time next year. Yeah, he, he had a good um, spring. Yeah, and he had a pretty – Pretty decent season at Double A in Hartford too, but that was the big one that came up. But Coco Montez, Eddie Diaz, Jamison Hanna, Taylor Snyder, Mitchell Kokini, and Regan Todd, who has been solid in the AFL. I don't think he'll be on the Rockies roster next year. I think he'll get picked up. But yeah, this is just this forty man day is just it's got to be heart wrenching for some of those. And I did get confirmation from Grant Levine that Tovar was awake when he it was announced that he made the forty man. Was awake. That's good. Yeah, wasn't sleeping. Wasn't in. wasn't sleeping in. Wasn't sleeping in. You know, if one of those guys does get picked <laughs> up, though, like you know, if Willie gets picked by somebody, good for him though, because that just means he got he made the bigs, you know. So exactly. Yeah. It's, It'll be good news as far as, like, just rooting for the player. But, yeah, it'll suck losing one of those guys. I know. We're almost at that point, like, where we have our guys, right, that we've been talking to, and they might go somewhere else, and we're going to have to, like, follow them and love them no matter what. No. It is the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. They're they're a traitor at that point, and we disowned them. (laughs) They had no choice. You remember the story, though. (laughs) And then we instantly delete whatever conversation we have with them. Yeah, we we are not doing the, that. No. That's the culture we're living in. We got to <laughs> cancel. <laughs> Absolutely not. We're sticking by our guys. Don't do that. Uh, next in the offseason, it's been a hot minute since we've talked, right? The Rockies have signed, have been busy, surprising or not, but not adding any new faces, which kind of sucks. They've added CJ Crone. You take that deal or not? Let's see. What? I like it. I like it. Okay. Sensatella, five-year contract, big money. Big fan. Big money. We dig that one? I I would like it more if we also signed Gray, but it kind of worries me that we kind of picked Senzi over Gray. Oh, we're going to get into that. You hold on to your thoughts on that. <laughs> what about your least Yassine? Right when you least Absolutely. expect it. 
best best signing of the offseason so far. <laughs> you love it's gonna be a bargain. Bargain. Yeah, I think he was like just north of one million. That's what and, I'm saying though. Like wh- when these guys come here and they like want to play and they play well in Coors, like just sign them again. Like stop letting these guys walk. And they're actually like doing that this year. So I'm happy in that sense. Do the Rockies bring back out of Vino? Oh, stop. That would be that would be too much. You like, gotta bring back a good thing or too much awesomeness thing? is what I'm bring, saying. Bring back Ottavino, sign Greg Holland. Like, let's get the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> let's just raise our um age average in the bullpen about 10 years. <laughs> let's get the band back together. <laughs> get the band back together. Out of the arm bar and the band and the arm bar, and huh? Playing banjos. And our I love it. Elias Diaz, three-year contract here for three more years. Absolutely yeah. love that signing. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, he killed it. He killed it. Like, I just, yeah, it's just, that's great. The cannon, the vet, like, he's great with the staff. I don't think, I'm sure he gets recognition for it, but dude, that was, a, that was a bargain getting that dude here. And then he just, like, I mean, he had a one good year with Pittsburgh, but other than that, like he's been hasn't really gotten an opportunity. And then they just gave him the starting role, and he just took off with it. Absolutely, yeah, very big um, Yorvit vibes. You know, like that yeah. veteran presence, that leadership quality, like just that yeah, dude. He's quiet. Just get some big hits here and there, and like inspiring defense. Yeah, I love it. It's that's the that's my favorite signing so far. That's the one that got me super giddy. Um, so let's talk about Gray. How do we feel about what they're doing to Gray? Well, you, you should you should fill us in on what's happened because I was trying to like read into this a bit, and I know that he turned down an offer for around thirty-five to forty million. So, yeah, so in the season, the Rockies offered him something, and he said no, right? They kind of lowballed him. They tried to give him the get the hometown contract, what it feels like. This is all kind of my perspective with some facts into it. And so they stopped talking at the end of the season, which we all talked about last pod and just, like, confused by it and how it was going. And then it came out that they weren't going to offer him the qualifying offer, and that got the – you know, the fan base riled up, never heard from Gray's camp, haven't heard from Gray's camp at all. And then now they're, they're not really in talks. Um, there's reports out there that Bill Schmidt saw Gray's agent. That was it. They didn't really talk. They just saw each other, which I thought was interesting. And it's no, no updates have been there since. I have my own thoughts. I'll save them. But basically they offered a contract that wasn't good enough. They weren't going to do the qualifying offer which means we don't get a compensation pick and there's no toxin in play right now. Are we mad at the front office or are we mad at gray? How are we feeling? What do you mean that uh, Schmidt saw his agent, like just like walking across the street? Yeah. (laughs) They like, they think they like ran into each other in the elevator or something. I'll try to find it here in a second. But there was reports that they just like met or they saw each other, but they didn't actually talk. And then they, 
well they didn't really see each other right they just had that awkward eye contact like hey i know you but i'm not gonna say hi that kind yeah. of yeah like hey how are you yeah how's the weather and then you i walk about away, john like, no you don't want to talk dude, about john? i totally okay, know to talk about i john. totally know that guy and he didn't say hi like that's messed up <laughs> uh, it's gonna it. take me forever to find it but yeah it makes me feel like we waited too long and gray took offense to that in in a way not necessarily take offense to it but just like you didn't sign me when you had the chance so like why would i like why not test free agency should have taken him taken him to more haunted houses i think I think like if we reached out to him um like mid-season with the deal that we offered him like if you're like hey three years 40 million I feel like he takes that, but just the fact that it got put on the back burner for so long, there's just no incentive to take that deal at that time. Right. They salted, they salted the wounds, I think. And, and he has a history of not being healthy. I have my thoughts. Like he's, he's 30 years old. So why is a team going to experiment with a 30 year old trying to make him into something he might not be? Um, why put much that not much effort into that that type of player that the Rockies can't talk to him and they're hoping that he doesn't get signed by anybody or doesn't get what he originally was offered and they can come back and give him a similar deal maybe for more years and he signs for less money than what was originally offered and I think they're just trying to play these cards that I don't know if they necessarily should have been playing I guess <clears throat> Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting because like I don't know. I feel like if the offer was say three three years, forty million, like that is about what I would have expected for him to sign for. So it'll be interesting, like if what somebody's willing to pay for him. Exactly, and I think somebody's gonna sign him, right? I think he's gonna get a pretty decent contract somewhere yes. near the qualifying offer. To that point, only one person of like 19 people that received qualifying offers actually accepted it. And that was Brandon Belt. And there's a few other big names that didn't receive a qualifying offer, like Clayton Kershaw. I don't think he received one. Um, Trevor Story. Trevor Story, which is a whole nother thing. Like that was expected though, right? Don't really need to talk about that. Correct. But I mean, just nobody accepted the qualifying offer. So I think everybody's ready for free agency. You saw, I mean, the market's been set with uh, the Rodriguez signing in Detroit. Um, he's roughly going to talk out of my ass. I think he was like 12 or 12 million a year over five years. And I would say gray is just as good, if not better than Rodriguez. Yeah. The great thing is just really weird from a lot of different perspectives. Cause it, Everything said that he wanted to be in Colorado and stay in Colorado, which is in contrast to somebody like Trevor Story, who kind of made it clear that he's not going to resign or anything like that. But Gray kind of made it clear that he wanted to stay around and they just kind of didn't give a fuck, for lack of a better term. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Like the staff needs him. The rotation needs John Gray because then you have Rollison, fresh, Feltner, fresh, Lambert, fresh and broken. 
coming to fill in the fifth spot because Chi Chi's not back. You know, yeah. <laughs> Chi Chi Choo Choo's? Chi Chi Choo Choo's might be back. Aren't gonna get it done? As of now, he's the Choo Choo's are not on the rails just yet. So, like, who do they put in there? Like, they're not – why go out and sign a starter? Why do you add a fifth person if you're not – Well, no, that, it, that, that tells you that they're more confident in somebody that we haven't seen yet that's going to be brought up, like Rawlison or McMahon or somebody else, right? No. At least – well, that's their – That's what you want to think. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what they want to think. I'm just thinking like they are. I don't, I don't like it. That's a dangerous game, James. I don't like it. I'm just saying that's what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. Yeah. Lo- losing Gray, especially when you know that he plays well in Coors comparatively to other pitchers, like that, this is a, definitely a guy that you want to resign. And it's definitely going to be a hole there if, if you don't resign him somehow because. I mean, even if you did sign a free agent dude, like you just don't really know how he's going to play in Coors, and you you know that with Gray. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no questions about it. Go back to the Adovino conversation we're having, right? Bring back the yeah. bring back the band. Bring back the yeah. people that work here and keep them here. Um, 18 million a year is very steep, um, especially after you paid what 15, 16 million for Cincy. You're adding more to that rotation for one year, which. Maybe it just doesn't work out because we're not competing. So why pay that much money if we're not competing? Um, whole bunch of other underlining stuff that we aren't privy to because they don't like to talk to us and tell us what's going on. But it's just super weird and super front office feelings right now with John Gray. Gray Gray's a guy that like I wouldn't mind if we gave him like a very long contract. Like you sign him, lock him up for like seven years just to get him to sign here and just let him play out his career here. Cause like Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Like we've made worse signings than that. You know he plays decent in coors and like he's only like 30, 30 is not that old for a pitcher. No, he's still got a ton of juice in him, and even like towards the end of his career, like maybe he's a bullpen type dude too. So, right, yeah, it's Mike. Mike got back to us. The Eduardo Rodriguez set in the market at 15 million a year. He signed a five year, 80 million contract. So, looking at 15, 16 million a year on the market, I wonder if I think I think Greg gets that somewhere. Be great if it was at altitude. How you guys feeling about not offering Trevor Story and us getting absolutely nothing for for him? Yeah, hang on, wait, wait. Are you claiming that he that they didn't offer him a qualifying offer? They literally did not offer. No, he. They did. Uh, no, they did. You're right. You're right. No, they they offered, and they knew damn well he's going to reject it. And yes, so they did the right thing there. You're right. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I'll wait." I'm pretty sure a couple days ago I read that they uh, they did offer him. Okay, so it. you're right. I was. Just... It's been a long day, guys. <laughs> they will get a competitive balance round B for him, which follows the second round. So we get a early third, late second round pick for Trevor Story declining. Well, we always know those pan out. So. <laughs> Hey, they can at least, you know. I mean, it's better than nothing. 
That's all I can say. <laughs> is okay. My rant would have been on point, would have been great, still would play, but all right, Trevor Story, it's right on par, right? What it should be, right? So we're not mad. Should I be mad? Well, I, I'm not happy, but I mean, I, I expected this to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mad. Just, just disappointed. <laughs> just disappointed. <laughs> All right, let's end it with this before our, uh, Hunter Stovall, new favorite player, right behind Darnell. Um, interview. What what free signing do you would you absolutely love? Could be as ridiculous as possible. Um, that the Rockies would do this offseason. And then which one would you absolutely hate? Um, so who's a washed up first baseman that's out there right now? <laughs> Jason Giambi still out dude, there? We already signed him, bro. It's CJ we already got Crone. <laughs> we already we got, handled that. We got Greg <laughs> Bird. We got Crone. I think Greg Bird might have elected free agency. Howard. We had him. Okay, what's the next one? Albert Pujols. He no. He, is he still? Is he still too good? We had Yonder for a little bit. Had Yonder. Who else? Um. Yeah, this game isn't funny anymore. Would you just pick a player? <laughs> <laughs> Noah Syndergaard. Oh no, he just signed. He signed with yeah. Anaheim. Son of a gun. Okay, you well, keep thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, let me I know. I can tell you the one that I would hate, and that is Kyle Schwarber. Oh. Yeah, stop with that. Yeah, I'm going to get the fan base riled up. That sounds nice. Everybody, everybody attack him. <laughs> get him. Is, it, is this a hot take? Everybody wants Schwarber. <laughs> No, Schwarber or, makes so much Schwarber. sense. Schwarber screams Ian Desmond to me, dude. You're buying him at his highest peak on the back end of his career. He's got a very small sample size of being healthy, horrible defender. I mean, daddy least, likes. Daddy likes. <laughs> like, I want it. You're going to be overpaying this dude. And it's just, it's not. What's what? Know. Dude, what's more Rockies than that? That makes so much sense. It, it makes a ton of sense, but I'm going to hate it if it happens. <laughs> I, I, I would be down for the Schwarbs. I don't like – what is the reasoning behind that? Because, like – Just the offensive numbers. Everything you said ball. makes complete sense. <laughs> like, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said, but most of that is the reason I would love it, I guess. Like, like having be, having Kyle in left and Chuck in right and anybody in center would be a disaster. Yeah, you'd have to play Hampson out there because he'd be the only one to make up any speed out there. Yeah, just to cover it all. Or Sammy Hilliard or something. Just like it's just a lot of bad legs running around that massive outfield. Yeah. Schwarber d- belongs to be a DH. So I am not on the Schwarber train. Oh, man. Well, you should be. Yeah, you should I be. Didn't, I did not know that that was like such a hot take, though, really. Yeah. That's it's, pretty hot. It's, it's, it's probably the hottest take that you could have. I it's probably like <laughs> the coolest hot take because everybody wants Kyle in purple. Yes. Yeah. 
Mine I is who I would please absolutely... like DM me reasons why because like I it just doesn't make any sense to me. At, at Dingers, Dingers, J G G N O. Like okay, I get it. Like if you're signing him to like a you know a backup type contract, but you're not whoa, whoa, be whoa, doing whoa. that. No, 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 no backup. Shorber no gets backup. all the play. Shorber <laughs> gets all of it. Give yeah. him all the green. Give him all that bats. You hit him second. No, no yeah. No backups. Yeah. Sign no. up 20, 20 mil a year. 162 <laughs> games every season. Michael Kadire stuff, yeah. <laughs> um. So the player, like, I don't think Chris Taylor signed, right? No, he's still out there. Chris Taylor I would like. And that is because, like, he can play multiple different positions, and he is basically, like, the most elite utility player that's available. Yeah, he's good. And, yeah, like, he's going to put up starter-type numbers and can play anywhere you want him to. So I'm definitely on the Chris Taylor train. I don't know how realistic it is. Um, the other guy I like is uh, Lori Garcia. Mm. Say kind of was, he'd be much more of like a you know backup platoon type dude like I think he hit 267 last year but he's like another utility guy I think that's what we should be aiming for do you think Chris Taylor is possible I think Chris Taylor is possible I mean he's in he's he was the eight hitter for the Dodgers but granted he was like their hero for most of the season and he was an all-star i mean he's looking for contractor four years 60 million is the kind of way he's looking for i mean that would be much better than than the desmond deal yeah it would be a it'd be a pretty big deal but like i feel like you're definitely gonna get your money's worth out of it and he's a rocky's killer he owns yeah. the Rockies. Dude, he, he owned everybody last year. He was one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah, 20 home runs, 250 RBI. Everybody, everybody underestimated him, like, literally at every turn. So, it's – I feel like a lot of fans – He's always be been behind. the guy that, like, he never really had a solid role there. So, nobody ever really, like, took him that seriously. But, I mean, the fan base here loves the dude. Yeah. He's like the one Dodger, one of two Dodgers that like Rockies fans actually are okay with. Yeah, it kind okay of reminds me of like a DJ, just like a humble, just just hitter. Yeah, I'd be down with Chris. Like, isn't isn't DJ available? Yes. Uh oh. That'd be kind of interesting. I mean, he no. definitely he would fill in a role that we need. What role is that? Anybody that's competent in anything they do. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Okay. Fundamentally fundamentally sound. That was the right hook right there. (laughs) Fundamentally sound middle infielder (laughs) that can uh, probably hit you 20 bombs. Yeah, dude, he's awesome. He can he can do two plus two. He's can write a paper if you need. 
Nah, DJ's DJ's with the Yankees for a little bit longer. He <laughs> he signed an extension back in January. I'm just trying to think like what Ooh. are we gonna what are we gonna do in the middle infield this year? That's kind of where I'm focused at. I don't think we need to be go signing outfielders. Oh, you heard you know, the latest, like, right? I'm looking for a squad. No, you heard you heard the latest. You know, you heard you heard what Billy no. Schmidt wants to try. Oh, stop. No. no. What is it? What? It's real. Rymac. Rymac at second? Short. Stop. Not really? Kidding. He said, we have thought about, we have tossed the idea around to put Ryan McMahon at shortstop. The, only, really the only viable option that reasoning I can figure out is that they want Eularis Montero to come up at the beginning of the season. What about Rogers? Rogers should play shortstop. They're dead set on B Rod at short second. All the writings on the wall that B Rod's their second baseman. Is that because he's hurt? I the only that's the only thing that I can think of. That the he's gonna stay healthier at second than he would short because it's less toll in the body. It's the only thing well, I can think of. So that basically while we're at it, why don't we just get why don't we get Jokic at short? See what he's got. Well, that's you can make the accurate pass. His brothers, his brothers are too too controversial. I'm his pretty sure I, played first I, base. I texted you guys first earlier in the year of like I bet Rymat could play short. He could, but like, he hasn't played I, it since I, high school. Why? Why are you doing that experiment? There's there's no time or place when he is Gold Glove caliber at third, at second, at first. Yeah, you no. robbery robbery that he didn't get. I gold. think. Right. I think that would be pretty stupid. I think, like, if anything, you put you put Garrett Hansen in there, and but Garrett, uh, that's why I'm saying, like, you sign Chris Taylor or Lurie Garcia. Yeah, I think if they do sign an infielder, it's at the shortstop position. But it's going to be like a Andrewfield Simmons, Freddie Galvis type, like one year, two year old contract to fill in. They also have Trejo. Like, why not give Trejo the nod at shortstop? As the up the middle guy, the one guy I have talked myself into buying is Michael Conforto. He's I don't he's like young. if we're gonna sign uh one of those type of dudes, then definitely Conforto. I would take Conforto over Schwarber just because of like we're gonna get more value for the price we're gonna pay. Exactly, and I think you can sign him for a longer contract, and he'd be. He's great. He's above average defensively, if not average. His power numbers are declining. I wrote an article about it. You guys can go to the link tree right there and go look at it. Um, but they Conforto makes the most sense, even more than Cassiano's also, just because of the defensive liability. But Chris Taylor, I think Chris Taylor takes the cake. And then the one guy I do not ever want to see in purple, like I quit, I'm done, if they sign Javi Baez. Uh, I, yeah for shortstop is omar Vizquel available there's would you shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> yeah omar Vizquel is not even all the favor so we're not bringing him back bring back too low hey gold glove though still play d golden gloves mean nothing if right hey, 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 hey no that's a whole nother rant i have that one back in my back pocket Woo. we can bust that out later yeah, tell that to Nolan and Nolan fanboys. We're listening right now for him. I can hear him. Oh, yeah. I can hear him already. 
Crickets. Okay, Javi Baez though, right? We're all on. We're on all. In the no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's not happening. Okay. Good. Yeah, I would not. I would not like that at all. Like what? In any way, shape, or form. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll take that one over Schwarber. I'd rather see Schwarber than Baez. <laughs> okay. Yes, I convinced you not to hit on Schwarber. <laughs> we'll take that. All right, James, give us your one-two, and we'll end it right before our interview. One, two. You're who you would want to have. Are you are you winning FIFA at least? Yes, I am. Okay, good. <laughs> Which signing do you want to have? Realistically, not jaded James opinions. I want gray back. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's, you Is said that, that so possible. A, there was a pain fair? in that voice when you said that. I would nah. I would say <laughs> I would take Gray getting re-signed over like signing Chris Taylor or Schwarber or any of those guys. Yeah, I think Gray is like number one for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I could have just two guys, it's having Gray. a good time. <laughs> it's Gray. It's Gray and Taylor. Like that's that would be like the the dream. And I think Taylor is so underrated that like people they still even though how good he's been, people still undersell him, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he's not going to be that good, blah, blah, blah. And so you can get him for cheap for the most part. I mean, compared to the big hitters like Baez, Baez is going to cost so much. Big. Baez is going to be – Baez is going to be like a pirate at the end of the free agency. That's going to – like, could you imagine if, like, that is the signing we do? No. <laughs> I quit. Like, I'm done. Baez for, like, five years, $100 million, like – like no and then, we, and then we, we bring back desmond for another five <laughs> <laughs> and he just opts out every year <laughs> but hey but what he does for the community it's fantastic what he does for the community <laughs> is fantastic lose the tone <laughs> yeah, if, I, if i make 30 mil too i could do some great things as well he didn't make those over the last two years Okay, well, I mean, he made a lot of millions of dollars, and if I had that too, then I could do some shit. You live saying. in a house with three floors. <laughs> no, I would feed some people, bro. You live in a house with three three floors. That's ten foot wide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. This is gonna get off the rails real quick. Enjoy the interview with Hunter Stovall, uh, Rocky's farmhand with the Spokane Indians. I really enjoyed talking to him. Just a fantastic dude. I think I speak for Kirk with that like you you enjoyed that conversation right Stovall Stovall's a G yeah that was what probably like one of my favorites outside of like like Jeff Francis or Jason Hurst just because like they're like legit pro ball players but just like actually I don't know he was like a very open person and I really enjoyed the conversation with him yeah really good stories hitting approach love his approach and just how he grinds every day and what he's doing for the community down there in Alabama. Just really cool. Uh, enjoy the interview, the manner session. Rate us, retweet us, share us on Instagram, find us everywhere. Find the link tree in the in the description. Read our blogs. Go rocks. Woo!
Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just long for the ride. Kirk, say hi. Hello. And Hunter, say what's up. What's up, guys? We're here with Hunter Stovall, the uh, farmhand of the Rockies organization. Um, yeah, he's just spending a Sunday night with us, talking ball, talking what the 2021 season was like, and just kind of his, his journey. Um, first and foremost, congratulations on the marriage. What, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, been been fun, fun little two weeks. <laughs> how was how was the honeymoon? And where did you go? It was great. It was great. We went to uh, Emerald Bay in the Bahamas, and uh, it was uh, everything that I wanted it to be. So we 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 thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. That's cool. And I have to ask because everybody asked this when we got married. And it was super irritating. Does it feel any different being married? <laughs> um, but the only thing that's different is us, like. I just bought a house here in Auburn. So the only thing's different is us living together and being around each other all the time. Cause like I said earlier, we, she's from Louisiana. I'm from Alabama. So we were, we had that six hour gap. So, I mean, we were, we'd spend a week at a time with each other here. We could, we could a time with each other there, but now that we're together all the time, it's, it's great. But that's, that, that's the only thing that I would say is the biggest difference. Yeah, and of course, is. paying for everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> there'll, there'll be some uh, bills that are hidden that you won't see and it'll just oh, kind of yeah. creep up on you. Yep. Speaking from experience. Yeah. So what did, how did that work out during the, the season? You being up in Spokane and she just, just hang out down in Louisiana? Yeah, it was rough. She was, uh, she, she had a job, so um, she had to work that job. So, I mean, she only got to visit me one week during the whole season. So it was kind of a, it was kind of rough, but it was, uh, and that, that's something that I explained to her when we first started getting into it. I said, Hey, this is what I do. This is what comes with it. So she's been, she's been awesome through it all. So I couldn't, I couldn't complain any with that. That's awesome. That's great to hear. I love love. Love is cool. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, all right, let's get into it. I, so you are an athlete mm -hmm. and me and Kirk were trying to figure this out because the research that we did, we couldn't find it. You were being recruited out of high school. So we're going to play a little game. I'm sorry. You were recruited out of high school for football. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to play a game at what position you were being recruited by Auburn, Miami, Florida state from. Okay. Um, my guess is I'm going D line outside, outside D line. Uh, yeah. I went, I went running back. Okay. I was I was actually recruited as a quarterback. Oh, wow. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Aaron uh, said that there's no way he got recruited at 5'8 for quarterback. I was just saying the stature doesn't mean <laughs> they up. were they were 100 percent expecting me to grow. Um okay. and I didn't. And uh I was like, you know, it was uh it was it was fun. I loved football. Football was awesome. I was it was it was almost kind of dangerous for me because of my size, and I, I played quarterback, but I also played defense. I returned punts. I I, I did all of it. Mm -hmm. So, with my size, getting up in the higher levels of of high school football, it just uh, I would hit you wide open, and I'm not a big guy, so most of the time I would either sometimes come out on the better end of it, but most of the time I was coming out on the bad end of it. And uh, <laughs> Dad was a uh, I actually hit a guy. Quarterback did a little toss sweep, went to carry out my fake. The the running back actually reversed field and came up. And at the time, we were playing Carver Montgomery, and one of their linebackers was committed to Alabama. 
And I ended up in some weird way, ended up being the lead blocker. And I didn't have a problem with it. But I hit this dude wide open trying to block him. And somewhere in the air, I got turned and he ended, I ended up on the bottom, he ended up on the top. And when we landed, I landed on this right shoulder. And that's the first thing I hit the ground. He landed on top of me and I separated the AC joint. Mm. And I couldn't pick up my shoulder. I couldn't do nothing. And then that's kind of when I was like, yo, I'm, I'm not going to grow any. I'm, I need to get up out of this before I end my whole athletic career doing something stupid. But, but yeah, there's, there's actually videos and stuff on YouTube of uh, me quarterbacking and all that good stuff. Might have to go find but, that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I would, cool. I'd definitely that's my eighth that grade out. year, eighth grade year, and freshman varsity deal. Okay, so you were starting quarterback as a freshman. Yeah, and so I'm assuming your sophomore year is kind of is when that injury happened. No, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, shortly after that. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. and then that. So then, I'm assuming you were that dude that played all the sports growing up, like all the seasons switched up. So then, did you just focus on baseball right after that, or? Yeah, I played basketball, football, and baseball, and I was classified as the tone setter in basketball. I played basketball a little, little too much like football, so um, <laughs> it was a, it was a very trying time for my parents because somebody would slap me on this side of the court, and I know wouldn't call a foul. So I said, "I'm getting my money's worth." So I'd hustle them down, and I'd foul the crap out of them on the other end of the other end of the court, but. But yeah, right after right after that injury happened, I, uh, I said, "Yeah, I think uh, I think baseball is where it's at for me," and that's when I started focusing on it solely. You made a made a smart business decision. Yes, I would have to say so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, it played out, right? You were called yep. named Alabama Player of the Year, Gatorade Player of the Year in 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. Incredible stats and just just ridiculous numbers for the senior in high school. So then what you probably were recruited by Auburn and state Mississippi state. How did that whole recruitment go? And how did you do, how'd you lean on the dogs? Well, growing up my whole life, I've been an Auburn fan. I've wanted I wanted to go to Auburn university my whole life. Um, Pulowski, I can't remember his first name, but Pulowski was the, coach at Auburn at the time that I was getting recruited and they knew that I was an Auburn fan at heart my uncle went to Auburn played football at Auburn my first cousin Tyler who got drafted in the second round to the Braves in 2008 had a full ride to Auburn out of high school and Auburn was kind of just in the in line for me and that's that's where I wanted to go and everything and then I got to the offer and we were kind of disappointed in the offer that they threw on the table. And we assumed just because they knew they thought they had it had me because I was such a big Auburn fan and all this good stuff. And then that next weekend, we went to Starville, and it was just Butch Thompson, which is crazy because he's here at Auburn now. But uh, it was crazy because that's who recruited my cousin when he was at Auburn before he went to state. And now here, here we go. He's recruiting me as a catcher to Mississippi State, and I ain't ever heard no Mississippi State, nothing like that. I was like, oh, let's, let's go try it out. And uh, I get there, and they blew us away with an offer. And they they wanted us bad, wanted me bad. And uh, I fell in love with the place, small town, country feel. I'm a country boy. And um, went back the next weekend, and we, we, we told Auburn, we said, hey, uh, this is what – Mississippi State has offered if you can match this or whatever will come and they didn't and that's that 
And to this day, I 100% made the best decision of my life going to Mississippi State. Absolutely. I mean, you had some you had some numbers there at Mississippi State. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what the, you made the CWS in the 2018. You were part of that mm-hmm. team. Uh, you were named All Tournament Team that season over at second base. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to ask because you actually played against uh, Willie McIver, who's a yep. friend of the pod, also in Washington that first game. Um, did do you guys talk about that at all? Did you ever? Oh yeah, we talked about up a little bit. The, the crazy part is, is like I, I played the position that I had no idea that he played third base until he explained to me, hey, when we were playing against y'all in the Cosworth Series, I was playing third base. I was like, dude, I thought you were a catcher. I guess. <laughs> but that's the that's what's crazy. But yeah, we talk about it all the time. He's he gets he gets a little mad that the way the, the the way the game ended and all that good stuff. But I enjoy it. Willie's a great guy. I love Willie to death. Yeah, he's he was fun. He was fun to talk to. Yeah. So did you smack his butt on the on the way in that game on when you scored the game winning run? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> if I'd have known him, if I'd have known him like I know him now, yes, I would have. <laughs> that would that would have been a fun story to bring back yeah. around. That's sweet. Um, so what was cooler, winning, being at the College World Series, winning a few games, or, like, being drafted? Uh, well, of course, playing playing in Omaha was kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. I mean, you, you look at the odds of that happening, and it's slim to none, but it's the same way with drafting, being drafted. Draft, being drafted was – I mean, that's been my lifelong dream, and not only being drafted, but actually playing in the major leagues. So mm-hmm. that – I got to notch the whole drafted part on the belt, but uh, I'm not done. And, and College World Series, I'm going to be honest with you, growing up, that never popped into my mind until yeah. I got into college and was like, yo, this is this is, this could happen. And then I mean, playing playing in front of 30,000 fans in Omaha was awesome. It was there. Ain't there. I hadn't been any, a part of anything like it so far. Um, hopefully I can get something a little <laughs> – play in front of something a little bigger than that. But that place was – that place was amazing. But being drafted, being drafted was uh, – it was crazy just because the whole draft process that I went through was uh, – it was a little it – was, it was difficult for me just because of some of the stuff that I did do that junior year of college and really since my freshman year, just produce, 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 and then the draft comes and you kind of get slapped in the face. And it's kind of that's, – that's something that I've had to deal with my whole life is, is – people of because of my size and which is crazy this is a crazy statistic for you I was five seven uh what do you think I weighed my junior year of college let's say buck 65 I weighed 155 pounds 155 and now I'm weighing about 175 180 so I've gotten a little thicker but I didn't realize how small I was and I understand what other people are seeing all this they're like oh yeah this dude's tiny blah 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 but then again, I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, I'm the smallest player in the SEC and I'm hitting in the four hole for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I'm the cleanup hitter. I mean, that's I'm not I'm not putting up the power numbers, but I'm getting it done. But it's just that's that, that's what's crazy about about baseball. It's, it's that, that stuff that I've battled my whole life. It just fuels me. And that's that's the way I look at it every day. I, I had to learn big time this year on how to take the negative parts of what I think is negative of maybe having to sit here and there and do this and that, and just trying to make them positive, man. Because the whole saying of 
when you get to the level we're at, the talent level is not. It's it's very very right there. I mean, it's it's there's a fine there's there's a line and everybody's at it. Right. But the biggest part of success and failure and being able to handle failure during a, a major or, or a professional baseball season is you got to be you got to be your, your mentality's got to be there. And that's what I had to. I got I got really good with that this year. And hopefully I can carry it on. And I learned a lot of good stuff. And I actually paid attention to my thoughts and all that good stuff. <laughs> and uh, so it's uh, it was this year was definitely a huge learning year on the mental side for me. Yeah, we've been hearing that a lot. Like we talked to a few few of the other guys in the, in the system, and they're saying the the mental health coach has been super helpful and like finding that part of baseball, especially after all that we went through in 2020 and that nonsense. Right. So like yep. finding you like Kirk and I, and James, the third guy, we have conversations about that all the time, like checking in on each other, making sure we're good. And like, what's, what do we need to help to support you? Like as friends and all that kind of stuff. So once you figure that out, like, I feel like it's just a whole nother level that you never knew was achievable, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm healthy mentally. That means I can just be a little bit better at everything else I can be. And it can just take you so much farther. Exactly. That's a huge deal. That's cool that you mm-hmm. found it. That you figured yep. it out. That's all it means only good things from here then, right? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I kind of I want to go into what you just said because um, I'll just say I'm, I'm shorter than you are. So I like hearing what you just said is like exactly how I feel like throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. And there's always something to prove. And like the public sees it as a negative thing with most situations. But like, I feel like I would be a completely different person with like work ethic and just like, like you said, trying to make the negatives into a positive where like, I, I it's almost an advantage, especially on the mental side of it. 100%. Just because, I mean, you got to look at it. Everybody... You got your you got your six foot guys. You got your all this. They they've never been in the shoes of a little guy that seriously gets doubted in everything. And 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 that's the biggest thing. I heard one of the scouts say when I was uh, going through college, "Hey, professional baseball is going to be hard." And I and I and I love that because I don't want it to be a breeze. I love the challenge. But you got your six five, your two hundred forty pound power guys all these high draft picks, the way he explained it to me was they have to prove every single day that they cannot play. You, as the little guy, you're going to have to go out there and do everything right. You're going to have to bust your butt, give 100%, 110% effort every single day and prove that you can play. Mm. And that's the difference. Yeah. I, I um, bet that you are your hardest critic and any little mistake is like, I, I imagine it's it hits you harder than like if another guy would would make a mistake because it just like impacts the way people view you so much more like just yep. way more to prove in that situation. Yep. And that's why and I'm nowhere near a perfectionist in anything but baseball. Maybe maybe hunting. I love I love I love to be perfect in hunting, but <laughs> baseball is a different definitely a a game where I, I take very seriously. And then, like you said, I'm, I'm sometimes a little hard on myself, harder than I need to be. But I feel like if I don't do that, then when I do that, the way I take it is I'm only making myself better. Because you see some guys, they'll be sitting here, they'll make errors like, oh, yeah, whatever. I make an error, 
or I, I don't get a job done at the plate, man, I'm, I got to have my little 15 second window to kind of get <laughs> my anger out. And then I got to, I got to get past it, but I'm going to have that little, I'm going to be upset. And, uh, and that's the big thing about baseball now that kind of changed for me is everybody, I don't know, every, I feel like nobody takes it real personal no more. Everybody's just out there playing and you got to have fun. But I mean, baseball's personal. If you don't take it personal, then it's, it's, it's kind of hard to succeed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a big thing too. Like you we're finally seeing the emotion. We're finally seeing baseball be fun. Mm-hmm. And you also see the other side of the, the emotions scale, right? You see the anger, the, the frustration come out too. And yeah. that's completely okay. It's, and it's all right. Hunter struggled. Okay. He showed it's, his it's anger okay to, a, to an extent. Yeah. Right. As long as Justin beats you up, you yeah. know, like yeah. you see him and then you run back out and you're back at second, you're doing the grounders. You're good. Like you're not eating yourself up about it and like making exactly. sure that that emotions there. And I think that's just, it's finally okay to do that and see it. And I think that just mm-hmm. makes just people better at baseball and better yeah. at everything. Yep. Like you can just show like, you know what? I am human. I make a mistake. I'm going to be mad about it. And that's okay. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back and be better from it and just watch this and yep. watch me, watch me hit 390 in a 21 game hit streak in the, <laughs> the high A or hit what? What'd you hit? 340, 350 this year? Me, I, don't, I hit 316. 316. The, yep. the OBP was close to 400. Yep. So, like, you, I would say you got it down mentally, right? Like, yes. you, you, you don't hit 21 straight games if you don't have that mental health, that mental strength. Right. So mm-hmm. how much did you think about that streak when you were all up in it? Like, honestly, I was at, a, I was at a point in the season where, and I mean, you, you go through your highs and lows in a baseball season. Everybody does. And at that point right there, I was in a, I was in a high and I was enjoying it. And I was having a great time. And that during that hit streak is where I figured out that's where I figured out the mental the mental part of my game and that's where mm-hmm. I figured out how to actually go up to the plate and have an approach and and pick pitches here pick pitches there read counts like I've seen I've heard about all that stuff but I actually was like hey I'm feeling really good let's try this today let's try this the next day let's do and it fell all into play I mean it was it was awesome and I mean I couldn't ask for anything better to go during that whole streak. I mean, that's – my brain was working because most of the time I, I, I get to the plate and I'm not a thinker. I, I get up there and I see ball, hit ball. I'm trying to just hit it where it's pitched, all that good stuff. But I was at a point where I was actually comfortable thinking in the box. And now I won't, I won't, I won't go back to, where, to what I was doing <laughs> before. I mean, it's, it, was, it was crazy. And – it's, it's nuts because you are, you've been a hitter your entire mm-hmm. life, right? You've always been able to hit the ball. And then now you just, again, you just unlock that next level that you didn't even realize. And here you are uh, just making noise. And it's, it's cool as hell to see like drafted 22nd round, 21st round and fighting for everything you just said. And now like you had to have been at the top of the league in batting average. I did get a chance to look it up. Yeah. But- I was right. I was second. I had one guy that I was trying to catch that was with the uh, Emeralds, and I couldn't. That fool hit like three. He went during our little playoff series. He was like nine for eleven, something like that. I was like, this this dude right here, he's just, <laughs> I, I, he's smacking it. So, 
so like that's that's cool that's cool as hell i love hearing that that's awesome so is your nickname really the hitman uh i got i get called it every now and then yeah what what is the go-to nickname stovey 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 yeah that works so i'm kind of curious like um being a little bit undersized do you notice a tendency in the way pitchers approach pitching you compared to other people well the uh honestly no um the biggest thing i would say is everybody with this spin rate stuff nowadays they they love pitching to the top of the zone and i'm gonna tell you this for an umpire it's kind of hard to find a zone with me so they don't know because I, I get I get the I get the good in and out calls, but the up and down calls sometimes don't really go my way just because I am short and I'm a big above the knee guy with the pants and they say something with that looks does something to the I don't know. I don't know. But that would be the thing if anybody if any if, if a pitcher was gonna throw me differently, they would pitch me up. Yeah, right. just because That's they like, get a lot of the, they get a lot of those calls that look like they're at the top of the strike zone. Like say say uh, Willie's in there for example, that pitch that's at my neck is at his letters. Mm. So that's a strike on him. That ain't a strike on me. So it's kind of hard when a run power gets in a rhythm to differentiate that that zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I play in like a just a, a Sunday league thing, and that's my biggest thing is like they're throwing it shoulder high calling strikes and I'm like I can't yeah. do anything about that but um you know that's normal for the next guy up or the guy before me you know so yeah. I that's kind of interesting that you experience the same thing yep so then how how have you managed like controlling the your zone then for that because like if they're calling that you have to expand your zone a little bit right because yeah, your strikeout will, uh, rate is pretty low considering that and like you're still able to with all that said like you're still able to not strike out as much yeah the uh i kind of i got i've had a two-strike approach ever since my sophomore year of college and i've stuck with it and it works for me and there are a lot i i try not to chase as much i try not to go after those pitches as much early in the count just because early in the count of course you're looking to do some damage, this, that. But I've always had this weird deal where I've been able to hit balls, two balls, three balls off the plate, mm-hmm. find the barrel on it somehow, and uh, whether it be outside, up, down. So when them, them two strikes, if it's anywhere close, I am, I'm about a 65% swing effort, and I'm trying to put the barrel on the ball. It don't matter where it's at. And we actually, me and dad have a drill where he'll just get there when, he, if he's tossing to me, some of my buddies, we do it. And he'll just, he'll be throwing balls all over, all over the place, up in my face, way in, way up and out. And I got to try to put a bear on it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we work on. And it, it helps because you get a guy in the box that can do something like that. The pitchers are like, dude, I can't, I, God, I'm better off maybe throwing a strike. Cause I mean, this, but that's one of my, I live, I live, with two strikes, I'm, I'm the other way. That's my approach. Other way, other way, other way, off of gap. And uh, you throw a ball, two balls off the plate, to me, this, especially if it's a fastball, I am like, yes. Thank you. 
but you just described my my approach at the plate with old man softball <laughs> like, <laughs> i am trying to go the other way just going to dink it over the first base I'm, first baseman i'm just going to turn the corner but yeah. that's and you don't see that approach very often and like do you i guess you have to see that amongst yourselves and your teammates in your league like how your two-strike approach is you know contact and stuff where others might be all or nothing type swings yeah yeah, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in every organization that I've seen through spring training, through the season, through even watching the big league games. Is there's there's really I mean they may say they have one, but then you watch their swing and they're trying to hit a ball 450 feet. Right. And it's just it's it's hard to do. I mean, to win games you got to be on base, and that's the way I look at it. And yeah, I could mess up and hit one over the fence, but. I think it's a lot better for me to be on base and possibly steal a bag or get one of the, you know, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I, think, I think if I, if I was to sit up there and try to swing for the fence every time that strikeout rate would be way higher. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. numbers say that, right. Mm-hmm. I sound like an old curmudgeon man. Like I miss the two, two strike approach. Like, yeah. You, Go choke up on the bat, get the ball in play, make something happen. Like, well, I mean, that's the way baseball is nowadays. Baseball lives for the long ball, yeah, and very, very high strikeout rates. And that's, I mean, it is what it is, but that's not the way I, that I that I that I play. And I appreciate the way you play. <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't had anybody that went through it, so I want to ask you, what was it like being traded in 2019? Like. Is that just a whirlwind? Did you know about it? Blindsided? Like how did that happen? I was I was 100% blindsided. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in West Virginia. I was with the Asheville Tourists in the Rockies organization. Mm-hmm. I was in West Virginia playing the power. Um, we were 10 minutes from leaving the locker room to go out and stretch. And our manager called me in the office and I was like, well, I, these are two things popped in my head. I'm either about to get cut or I'm about to get promoted. And trading, I, I didn't – I mean, I'd been in professional baseball for a year. I, I had no idea. I was yeah. like, there ain't no shot. This is not – they didn't even think about that. It never popped in my head. But I get in there, and he said, okay, sit down. I got something for you. He put Zach Wilson, which was our farm director at the time, on the phone. And uh, he said, hey, man, we just uh, – I mean, I'm, I'm in full uniform. I got my glove, my bat, my helmet, everything. I'm about to go out on the field. Uh, hey, man, we just traded you to the Philadelphia Phillies. Thank you for all that you've done. Best of luck. You leave at 6 a.m. Uh, we'll be in touch with the rest of the details. And that was it. That was it? That was it. Holy shit. And I'm sitting here like – I looked at our manager. I said, you playing? Is this real? <laughs> They're like, yeah, man, thank you and all this stuff. So I called dad, and I was like, and I couldn't get dad. I couldn't get my mom or dad on the phone. And I was oh, like, no. "What is going on?" I said, "The one time that I actually need them to answer the phone, they can't answer the phone." <laughs> and then about thirty minutes later, dad calls me back, and I said, "Dude, I just got traded." He goes, "Dude, what are you doing? Are you in the locker room on your phone? Go out there and go out to the game. What are you doing?" I was like, "Dude, I just got traded." <laughs> he was like, "Oh my god, to who?" I said, "The Phillies." So that that next day was they I had to take jersey off. They wouldn't let me be in the dugout. Wouldn't, I didn't even stay at the game or nothing. So I just went back to the hotel. I had to leave, fly out of Charlotte or wherever I was at 6 a.m. Flew 
to Charlotte, got picked up by a guy in about an 18-4 minivan, drove me from Charlotte <laughs> – Drove me from Charlotte to Asheville. I went to the apartment that I had rented out with a few of my buddies and grabbed as much stuff as I could and threw it in that minivan. The Lakewood Blue Claws, which was the Phillies group that I was joining, was in Hickory, North Carolina, which was about another two-hour drive. So I had to drive all the way there, unload all my stuff into the locker room when I got there, put on a jersey, I got there right at game time, put on a jersey, put on pants, go sit in the dugout with a bunch of kids that I've never met in my life. And then after that game, I had to get back on the bus for a 14-hour bus ride back to Lakewood. No. That was that day for they me. They couldn't give you a day. So that that was – it was a, a day that I will never forget. And um, it, was, it was a weird transition, man. It was – because, I mean, I – I just got comfortable with all the guys that I was playing with, knew a bunch of them. Um, and then they'd sit there and tell me, hey, you just got traded one one for one with a big league lefty, which was James Pezos. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, what does that mean? Is that a, is that a good thing? Is that, what, what is that? And they were like, yeah, dude, that's a that's that's a pretty, pretty cool deal. And then man, I get to I get to Lakewood and I don't know what I don't know what the deal was with the Phillies. Like I sat there and I played three times, four times, maybe a week. And I'm sitting here getting fed all this stuff. And I was like, yeah. well, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to think about all this. And then uh, the whole COVID deal hit and I ended up getting released by them. And I called the Rockies, called my agent, called the guy that uh, drafted me. And um, they said, hey, brother, hang in there. We're, uh, we're going to try to get it done. And sure enough, they they pulled through and got me back with the squad. So that is that that's is cool. Wild, right? so, yeah. So did you did you prefer coming back to the Rockies organization just because you were familiar with it and knew the people there? Yes, I thoroughly enjoy playing for the Rockies. Just the people in the in the organization, the the way it's ran. Every, I mean, it's it's everybody is nice. Get, get like I mean, it's it's it was it was it's 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 a good place to be, hundred percent. That's really great to hear from yeah. like a fan perspective. Just knowing that you know the my at least in the minors area, like you guys really enjoy playing for the yeah. Rockies organization. Yeah. yeah, the kinds of be that's been kind of the consensus with all the people we talked about, all the dudes we mm-hmm. talked to. Like, yeah, they just really, really treated us well. But, we're, we're treated, we're treated like professionals. We're yeah, not tre- we're not treated like children. That's it's, cool. It's awesome. And you didn't, you didn't really necessarily feel that in the other organization. Yeah, it was here and there, but of course, there's a lot more with the Phillies. There was a way, there was way more younger kids. Younger mm-hmm. Latins, younger, just there, there was. I mean, shoot, I was playing with. We had like four or five guys on the team that I was with that were eighteen years old, and oh. we had like curfews and all this stuff. And I was just like, "Dang, I'm twenty three years old and got me a curfew." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did this in Mississippi. I'm, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that's wild. So. um Let's bring up the tone a little bit as well. What, is, what do you prefer? Triples, hitting a triple or hitting a homer? Say it again. 
What do you prefer to hit, a triple or a homer? A homer. A homer. It's still yeah. okay. I've never been fast, so like me thinking about hitting a triple would just be super, super cool. Yeah, triples are awesome now, but that's the we had a we had a running joke this year on the team. There'd be a lot of people. Our, our field was kind of uneven at spots. Yeah, a little wonky. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so you'd round second base, and it was almost like you're running uphill to third. So every time somebody hit a triple, when you rounded first base, you'd almost fall down every time. It don't matter who you were. <laughs> and uh, we kind of had a running joke with that, with the triples. But, uh, but yeah, I think I definitely hit a, hit a home run over a triple. Okay. Yeah, if you have the option to jog, might as well take that, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really one to pimp stuff, but I'll definitely jog around the bases. <laughs> uh, what do you prefer playing? You play most of your time at – third, second, and left this season. Mm -hmm. um, you can play all the corners. You can play pretty much anywhere in the infield. You've, you caught in high school, um, read a few. You were doing some catching drills a few years ago. Yeah. Um, what, is the, what is the ideal spot that you're most comfortable playing? Second base would be ideal, but any, seriously, anywhere in anywhere. the infield, yeah, I, I don't – I'm comfortable everywhere. It's, I mean, and that's what – I actually got a little talk about this during this offseason. I need to get back into my catching because yeah. they may they may throw me back here next year. Oh wow! But, and that's that's fine with me. Yeah, <laughs> as long as you're, you're out there <laughs> doing your thing. Yeah, yeah. I would say the catching depth in the organization is a little little light right now, so it'd be cool yeah. seeing you out there. Um, and then you are working on uh, a camp right now. What's yeah, we're about to we're about to crank up some camps. Uh, I got some in some in Louisiana, and then me and my cousin run um, Stovall Athletics here in the Auburn area, Gadsden area, Birmingham area. Uh, do a lot of lessons, do a lot of big camps because Tyler Tyler has met a bunch of people through all of his sporting endeavors. Um, so he got I'll, I'll tell you a little story about him. He he got drafted in two thousand eight, played for five years with the Braves, got traded to the Royals played a year with them, got released. Really smart guy, was a Valley Victorian of his class, everything, so he wanted to go back and get his degree. So he went to Auburn. School was paid for by the Braves. Wow. Couldn't do anything with baseball. So he all, he had all kinds of offers and everything through high school football. He's bigger than I am. He's about 6'1", 6'2". And uh, he ended up going to Auburn and joining the football team, played football there for four years. Um, ended up being the holder for Daniel Carlson for those four years, mm -hmm. um, was the oldest player in the SEC his last year there. He was like 29 years old and a senior. And, uh, wow. yeah. And, uh, so he has met, he does a lot of specialist camps with the football stuff, but when I'm in town, we do all our baseball stuff. So we, I, I've, I'm in control of the infielders and the, and the hitters and the catchers. And he does the pitching aspect and outfield aspect. And, uh, but yeah, we, we cranking that up. It's getting, it's fun. I enjoy doing it. Is it in like age group, like young, it's, high school, middle school? Yeah, it's like, shoot, probably like seven to 18. Okay, yeah. And he That's... does He does a lot of stuff. He, he just started doing agility stuff, and he's got a bunch of kids at, on Auburn's football team that, are, that he works with and all that good stuff with all that, so. 
that's a, that's a good guy to do a camp with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a middle school teacher by day. So working with the kids and doing that kind of stuff is always fun to hear and see yeah. the professional athletes doing their thing during the, yeah. the off scene is pretty cool. Um, we are right up on time. So I'm going to ask you one last question. Okay. Uh, we always like to end our, our sessions with some fun, easy questions. Um, so I guess maybe one or two, what is your like best baseball memory for you? Um, probably winning the state championship, my senior senior year of high school when was that <laughs> sophomore year of high school sophomore year of high school that was that was pretty pretty cool going to Omaha I mean I don't know there's so many of them there was right going to Omaha was awesome um I don't know I enjoy, I enjoy it all that's baseball's baseball's fun you see you, you sit here and you think about it and it's just God, I could sit here and go on and on and on and on yeah that's that's cool i like I, I like that um all right and then the last last little question you played in the cape cod lead for a summer um mm-hmm. is it exactly like the movie summer catch with freddie prince jr and jessica Biel? somewhat yeah <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely got the feel you kind of have a feel when you're watching that movie of and that's and i grew up watching that movie i love that movie I watch it every and summer. actually going to actually going and being able to play and going to wear them and chat them and all that stuff. It was, <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely kind of, cause I mean, you, you got the scouts all hundreds of scouts all at every game and it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's got the feel of the movie hundred percent. Is it, is it a little small towny? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. All right. <laughs> I appreciate you, Hunter, hanging out with yes, us. Um, good luck in the offseason. Well, I mean, you got us as new fans, and we're going to be following you along and just hope to see you in purple soon, man. This is yes, fun. sir. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, yeah man. Thank you. Take yes, care, sir. man. Good to meet y'all. You too. Thank you for tuning in. Find more content at BlakeStreetBanter.com.